Hello and welcome to Business Unmuted, a business discussion live on LinkedIn and shared on platforms including YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Business Unmuted is sponsored by Virtu BMW, which is part of Gateshead-based Virtu Motors PLC. So if you're in the market for a new, used or fleet vehicle, its dealerships are in Stockton, Durham, Sunderland, Moulton or York. In the studio with me today is Ian Wardle, Chief Executive of 13 Group, which manages around 34,000 homes in the North East and Yorkshire. Stephen Nicholson is the Founder and Managing Director of Nicholson & Sons, Specialist Decorators for Heritage Properties. And down the line, we have Dominic Bohannon, who is Founder and of the sports supplement startup Santini 7 and Rihanna Beeson. And Rihanna is the Commercial Director at Cloud Software Specialist Geocom. Now the Omnicom variant has arrived, and what should the re reaction of business and government and the public be? Is it time for Plan B as we're transmitting this on LinkedIn? It's possible the government are giving their views. Covid hasn't stopped many entrepreneurs. Just look at Dominic. But compared to 2020, the private sector business population, the actual number of privately owned businesses, is down. So how can we stimulate entrepreneurs to create businesses. Let's start our discussion about business. We've got an eclectic mix of businesses today, some large, some smaller, uh, some tech, but we'll start with Dominic. Dominic, good to see you. Tell me, Hi. you've got into business in this time of change and uncertainty. What's made you do that? Um, well, for starters, I didn't forecast when we uh, launched there was going to be a pandemic, that is for sure. Um, we launched on the 28th of January, and I think it was about six weeks later the pandemic happened. But it's a case of serious perseverance, really. It certainly is. You've got the product there. Just uh, hold it up and tell us about it. Yeah, um, we're a supplement brand. We've got um, our Angry Dog whey protein. We've got it in two, then very short with three different flavours. Um, what we've done differently, uh, we've an independent brand, we've formulated our own uh, whey protein ingredients, um, offer ourselves. Um, our ethos is minimal ingredients. We've only got four ingredients in the, the whipped vanilla, five in the raspberry and five in the chocolate. And so you mix it up with water or milk? How, how does it actually work? Anything you want, water, milk, coconut water, anything you want, very clean product, no additives, no natural preservatives. Um, we're a bit of a unique kind of part of the market and we're slowly but surely um, getting the traction that we deserve. Uh, and what kind of customer are you aiming at? Well, because obviously the pandemic happened, the local, you know, your dims, your wholesalers, probably doing the normal thing at the time, A to B, trying to get into my local community. And obviously in March, everything shut. So it was a case of either you give up or you kind of go to plan Z which obviously <laughs> I, what I started doing on LinkedIn was trying to connect with CEOs, managers of elite sports clubs and athletes. So, oh, so you're going for the Premier League footballers and the top, the top well, sports th people? Well, this is what's happened, yeah. I mean, we are currently getting into Premier League football, the UFC. And obviously at the time, we didn't have much options. So we're a product where obviously it's anybody who's health conscious, your neighbour next door, who wants to be healthy, fit, or you're an elite athlete, um, and that's that's the route we've been taking. I mean, this isn't me, folks. I mean, this shirt is nicely blousy, so you can't see what I really look like. But if if I was keen on using it, how would you suggest I use it? Would I take it once a day? Would I take it as part of my exercise routine? 
I mean, I have mine, for example, in the morning for my breakfast. You can have it straight after you've done exercise. You can have it as a healthy snack. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a protein supplement, very clean. You can have it in your cereal, your porridge, and a shake as a milkshake. Great. Ice cream. You can literally do anything you want with and it. And how much is it? These new 900 gram bags are RIP at 29.99. We've got uh, bigger bags that's around about the 47 pound mark. And how long will it last, that bag? A week? These bad boys last quite a long time. You've got a good year and a half on these because, again, it's clean ingredients, no rubbish. Right. Keep them in, keep them in a safe place. How, how, how long will it take you to go through that packet on your regime? A month. A month? Great, all right. 30 quid a month. Okay, that's fine. Okay. And can you buy it online? Yeah, www.santini7.com. I'll get that in there. Yes. Um, obviously, so, you know, e-commerce wise, we're doing extremely well. Obviously, business to business. Okay. Well, we've got an e-commerce specialist coming. Well, a, a software specialist coming on. We'll ask her about ah. that as well. Uh, Rhiannon, we'll we'll come to you in a minute. But before we do, Stephen Nicholson, you run a smaller business as well. By the way, you're keen on sports because you you're a sponsor and participant at a big boxing club. Well, yeah, it's a local local amateur club. We opened it up um, just in West Auckland. It's my part time hobby on a night for me sins really. And I know you were boxing last night. We were boxing last night, had no sleep. Uh, got back about 12 at midnight and brain working overtime over there, all the lads did with the fights. And, Would you, you ever know. buy any of these supplements and use them? Not me personally, I'm too fat for that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, certainly for the boxers, yes, they're, they're very good for the boxers. A lot of the boxers use them and uh, a lot of lads in the gym, but uh, yeah. Well, tell, tell them all about it. As I, I picked up, it was santini7.com, wasn't it, the website? That's it, buddy. I was thinking that, and you're more than welcome to come down the gym, promote it, no problem at all. That's great. Now, he was telling us about, he's got the get up and go, and he's got his business launched in the middle of uh, this peculiar time. What about you launching your business? It's, it's a small business, 17 staff doing heritage decorating, but it didn't start like that, did it? No, I just, I just started off as a, as, well, as you know, Graham, just as a young lad, you know, many moons ago, and then we slowly built it up um, over time, so I built it up with numerous staff, and then when the pandemic hit the first time round, obviously panic stations, first few months we thought what was happening. But then it, it took off like a rocket, rocket. Everyone seemed like they were, we were going on broad and we'll spend the money on their homes. So we did pretty well, and we still are. Now, um, in fact, I remember, folks, uh, Stephen, because I first met you when you just started your business. 70-year-old. You, you're, you're a young lad with, a, with another young lad and sticking you. notes under people's windscreen yep. wipers in car parks. And I, I had, he came decorating my house. Uh, and he's now decorating my house again, but it costs a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the house is a bit bigger as well, but yeah. there we are. Uh, so you, you've got through this pandemic. Um, yeah. And you're coming out with new challenges. The first challenge was finding customers when you got going, but what about the challenge now? The challenge is now finding staff. I mean, we've got our old core base of staff, which are brilliant, which we've had for years. Um, brilliant, reliable, good tradesmen. As you well know, you've had your own house decorated, you know how good we can be. But we've tried to employ new people, um, and it's a nightmare, to say the least. You know, we, we've find, tried to find new apprentices. Lucky enough, we found them. It took about seven or eight months to find the right candidates after going through 50, 60 candidates, we've finally found three good ones. Um, but employing another tradesman, we just can't find them. And, and that, that obviously means that you, you're, you've got an opportunity cost, because people are ringing you up asking for their houses to be decorated. It's not just that, because you do heritage properties, yeah. listed properties, and, 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 and castles even, and well, hotels and things. That's the thing, the problem is, probably with us, we're quite a niche business, where most people go and paint a house, we're dealing in, in old traditional 16th century, 17th century buildings. You know, when you're doing that type of stuff, if, if you don't know what you're doing, 
Mm. You've got it with egg on your face, you know, so you can't just come with the typical emulsions. You've got to know what to use, what products to use, what's going to be breathable, what's not going to be breathable. Would we, you know, I've dealt with this all my life. I've, I've been dealing with it for the last 25 years, so I'm pretty, you know. And it is, by the way, it's reassuring to have someone like that coming, if you own a house, or my house is, is listed and you, yes. have to, you have to actually get the, the thing right. And by the way, he's pretty good because he can spot all those, those Farron Ball colours, you know, he, <laughs> yes. can, he, he, he knows elephant's breath at half a mile and Duckhead Blue he's brilliant on, so. Egg Blue as well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so tell me what your solution was to get these three staff, these new staff. You know, we we, we tried advertising, and um, that didn't work. We tried Indeed, that was just a, a, a nightmare. The um, job centres were nightmares. Went went to the colleges. Indeed is actually a good website. It just, it just, just we, get we could get the right stuff. Yeah, we could yeah. get the right stuff off it. So we went to the local colleges, and um, Durham New College seemed to be the the way forward. We tried a few of them in the area, local area, and they were really good. The staff were really clever. They managed to um, road test them kind of before we took them on. Um, and we got them from that way, and, and, and yeah, they're good. Excellent. That's well, I hope it all works out. We'll come back in the discussion a little bit more. Uh, but Ian, now you've just heard two small businesses. You have fifteen hundred staff, thirty-four thousand houses, and uh, how was the turnover? Hundred eighty million. Hundred eighty million. A very big difference in business. Um, but when you hear these stories of startups and so on, do you still find it relatable? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we face very similar issues. Um, so, you know, we struggle to get um, certain skills. And, and, and when you, you're running services, you, you've got to ensure that you've, you've got that pipeline of talent. Otherwise, because you, you can't let your customers down. And, and some of the things we do are, um, you know, they've got statutory guidelines around them. You know, mm -hmm. they're about health and safety. And so you've got to make sure you've got a, a trained workforce. So, We've invested heavily in apprenticeships um, and working with local colleges here in, you know, in Darlington. Um, was uh, we've been using a lot in order to get a pipeline of talent um, into the organisation. But we are facing pressures because there is a talent war going on, mm -hmm. um, and we're having to change our approach all the time. The northeast of England and Yorkshire as well. Um, you're in Humberside, and I'm sure it's the same for you. For years and generations now, we've seen our talented people leave. The, the, the classic in the kind of work you're talking about is, um, is uh, tradesmen in Alveda's aid pair, where they've gone to Germany or they've gone to the Middle East or they've gone to London. But I sense that that, that diaspora, that group of people is starting to look again at coming home. Have you ever had any of that happen? Yeah, and, um, yeah we have. We've had people who've relocated, a lot of people have relocated back. Um, we've also had um, a lot of people go the to go the other way and then come back again. Mm. It, it feels a lot more dislocated, the workforce. Mm. Um, you've just got to, you've got to flex really, really quick. And sometimes we don't, I think sometimes we're too big. Mm. Um, so you have to be a lot more commercial in your approach. Um, and you have a challenge. I mean, you, you've built uh, this year, 400, nearly 493, nearly, nearly 500,000, uh, 500 new properties. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, hundreds of thousands of pounds in the, in the investment, millions in the investment pipeline. In fact, when you look at it over 10 years, I think you've got about a billion pounds to spend yeah. building new houses. Uh, and finding this skill is absolutely critical because if we want people to come back to regions <coughs> like the Northeast and Yorkshire, we need to be able to house them. Yeah, very much so. I mean, the need is through the roof. And I think there's often um, a perception that it is affordable than more parts of the country. Um, but actually, it's seven times the average income in mm. Teesside and, and the North East to buy a home. That, that's still a big thing. It's very different than it was from 20, 30 years ago 
when I bought my first home. Um, so there is such a need and you, we can't do it all ourselves. It's about partnerships, your supply chain and your contractors, but they're all really squeezed and we're seeing that. So it's the scale and it's also, rather than doing it one or two years ahead, we're having to think maybe going out to contract for five years worth of work in order to lock people in. Um, and when it, that might be uh, for a, a, a contractor like Stephen. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to get you a job here, no. Stephen, because you work in a slightly different area. But would you contract in with a, a large client for five years? Personally, no, too long for what us. Would be the, what would be the downside to that? We tie our workforce up far too yeah. much. We, we, we need to be very flexible. We have too many clients to tie into one workforce like that. But you're presumably out there making it work. Yeah. yeah, but not everyone likes it, and it's quite interesting when we go to the market sometimes, and we've been very highly unusual last year, you go to the market and you don't get any returns on tenders, mm. or you get one or two and then you're concerned about whether the price, but when we aggregate sometimes it's more attractive to a bigger client, it's just you've got to flex and you've got to engage with your supply chain earlier we're finding. Well, from bricks and mortar to clicks, and let's go to Rhiannon Beeson. Now, Rhiannon, your firm, Geocom, uh, I'm going to give you just an opportunity to say what it is before we go into more general subjects, because it is a, a little bit of a, a specialist area for IT, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So we provide cloud services to um, IT companies, um, predominantly helping them in sort of the SMB market. So we don't sell direct, um, but we sell through and help IT companies grow. So you provide the infrastructure for companies that are facing the public or facing so, themselves? Yes, yeah, so whether that's Microsoft, um, Acronis, software, security products, um, cloud products, cloud communication products, that's the sort of area that, that we're in. Uh, and they would procure from ourselves uh, and we can offer them a whole lot of services and benefits that they might not necessarily get going direct to the, to the provider. Now you're based in Humberside, now you've seen some rapid growth. Tell us about the growth in the business and, and how you sit in the Humberside economy. Yeah, so we've grown 30% um, year on year for the last four years, so quite rapid growth. Um, so I'm just passing the 75 million um, mark and, it, and it's still growing. I think we're quite lucky really to have continued to grow in the pandemic um, as everybody kind of went digital, uh, lots of businesses went online. Um, so really great growth and, and thanks to a really great um, team as well who've been there sort of behind the scenes making sure that that growth could continue and service didn't drop through quite a challenging few years. Now when it comes to recruiting staff you just heard the, the, the two people in our studio talking about the difficulties of recruiting craft skills but digital and technical skills are equally sought after. What, what is the market like for you and how have you tackled it? I think recruitment's def definitely challenging and I think what we've seen now is the whole of the UK is, has opened up. So like we were talking about earlier, you can now work from home, you can work from anywhere and, and our cloud services um, enable that. Um, but it has made um, recruitment hard. Uh, I think there's been some some fantastic work in the whole region with the Centre for Digital Excellence, with C4DI and some of the other great investments that have happened. So I would say it's definitely been challenging. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure it was as difficult as it was to retain talent just a few years ago when we were sort of having to compete with Leeds and Manchester and, and people relocating there. Now, you, t you mentioned the um, uh, pandemic. Let's bring everyone in and talk about all the governments potentially going to make some changes. Um, we just look at some data. I'll just pull this up here. Uh, springboards back uh, the offish benchmark. 
suggested that there was a 3.8% fall in footfall in regional cities last week. And this is as the Omicron variant is publicised, the potential for people to uh, experience new restrictions in the coming weeks. Do you sense that the COVID uh, new variant is going to hit the economy or are we now sufficiently used to this that we're going to be flexible and we don't need these measures? The, the business rates reductions, the furlough scheme. Uh, let's go to you, Dominic, first. Is, is whatever happens with Boris and the government announcing restrictions going to affect your small business? Well, yeah, most definitely. Obviously, you know, restriction on sports and looking after yourself, gyms, it'll definitely affect us. I mean, even the the increase in ingredients prices now, that's seriously increased as the last uh, month. Yes, I suppose the actual supply chain and the inflationary yeah. effect on the product is very important. Uh, Rhiannon, what about, what about your view? Uh, the pandemic has opened up opportunities for you that have stayed around as the as the economy's opened up. But what about if the economy closes down again? What, is, what do you see as the p possible threat and how would you deal with it? I think um, from a business point of view and sort of the growth in cloud in cloud services, I think I'd see that continuing. I think our focus will be around supporting our partners um, and also supporting our employees because I think what we've seen from the pandemic, it's been particularly challenging for people um, and making sure that our, our employees are we're all sort of mentally well and, and fine if we're back working from home and those sorts of things. So um, I think that's probably the biggest area of, of concern for us at the moment. Okay. When I hear the phrase work from home, it does send a shiver down my spine because we work in a creative environment where people come together and exchange ideas quickly and they stimulate each other's thought process. Um, now, Ian, you've got those different types of staff, mm. craft skills staff in the field and support staff behind telephones and desks. Mm. What, how would any work from home guidance affect you again? I mean, we did a big consultation through the pandemic and a lot of people um, have moved to just working solely from home. So you've got about 300 colleagues who work from home, but they can come in and they do come in. Then we've got what we call hybrids. So it's, it's you go where you need to be. Then we've got people who, as you say, are out and about working with customers, um, be it a, an extra care scheme or they're doing repairs to a, a customer's home. And what we try to do is tailor our response to those different working styles. The thing that really worries me, and it just touches on um, what was just said before, I think it's the mental well-being and that sense mm -hmm. of dislocation. Um, and I think people are really tired of yeah. uncertainty, anxiousness, worried about the economy, worried about you know work. Um, and that's what worries me the most because if I've got happy colleagues, they'll deliver good, great services for customers. And I sense that people are really, really tired. And it isn't, with, it isn't within your ability, and I speak as an employer as well, I, I don't know many employers who haven't in their cohort experienced some members of staff who have had difficulties mm. as a result. Um, I've experienced someone in my own family who's recently uh, been diagnosed with Asperger's and it has come about and been known because of the pandemic and the stress that person was under. Mm. Um, and a whole new set of problems emerges. Uh, Rhiannon, is this uh, Rhiannon, is this something you've had a experience with in your own organisation? Without naming names, obviously. Yeah, I think I think everyone's had that. You know, this has never been sort of, ha never happened before in our lifetime. So everybody responds differently, don't they? And everybody has different mental um, sort of pressures, whether that is losing somebody that you love or not being able to see people that you love, or whether it's the pressures of, of um, 
having a secure job and the rest of it. So I think, yep, we've seen it. I think we're investing in training our people to be mental health first aiders, um, and we're doing quite a lot of stuff to to support the teams. But I think it's something that I, I would think every business has seen. Great, and uh, nice to see your cat making a star appearance. Um, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Very good. No, it's <laughs> great. We, we haven't had a pet on business unmuted for a few weeks, so it's good to see. Uh, do you have a, a view on this, Dominic, on the mental health? Because your problem, your product is about fitness and so on, and that is an antidote to mental health problems in some cases. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, I've suffered mental health in the past. I mean, the first and. Um, I believe the best thing for any mental health is exercise. Mm. It's the kind of medicine you can ever want to get. So any restrictions, especially like in the first pandemic, it's you know it can have a serious effect on people. Okay. Well, Stephen, let's go to you to talk quickly about the work from home because, of course, you can't work from home. No. You've got people in people's homes, people in commercial buildings, painting and decorating, and it has to be done in situ doesn't it it does yeah i mean obviously when it first happened we uh solely relied on external works we went to nobody's internal at all everything was just literally for the first four or five months of the pandemic we worked outside and they were going in one van by themselves. um mm. so it was, it was it was a real yeah it wasn't, it wasn't a good time it was quite hard for us and if it happens again we'll probably have to do the same again okay uh, well hopefully it won't happen again no. uh, and given that the government isn't going to fund furlough likely because the cost of it i think there's an incentive for it not to happen to that extent yeah. but we shall see look uh, ladies and gentlemen just one more thing i was going to ask you this is the front page of one of the newspapers the other day the bank of england warns price rises will bite even harder i think it was dominic that mentioned price rises i'm sure you've all experienced price rises in your business whether it be wages or raw materials Here's a question for you, because next week the Bank of England has to decide whether to increase interest rates. It would be very unpopular to do it before Christmas. It would be very risky to do it with a, a Covid variant uh, taking shape. But just because of those things doesn't mean it wouldn't be right to do it, because inflation needs heading off. Would Does anyone have a point of view just round the table? If you were on the Bank of England committee now, would you vote for a little tweak in interest rates? Let's start with you, Stephen. Yes, I would. You would? Yeah. Okay. Ian? Yeah, I would. You would as well? Yeah. Uh, Dominic, where are you on this? No, no, I wouldn't. You wouldn't? Okay. And Rhiannon? I'm torn. I, I think... I think businesses, small businesses need supporting right now and I think that's really, really important for our economy and we need to look at ways to do that. Um, so it's not a yes or no answer, I don't think. I think it's a wider discussion. Well, Rhiannon, I think you're very diplomatic, I'm very, very <laughs> erudite, uh, but I would. So that's three to, that's two, three to one to two. So we're near, there we are. We'll see what happens. Let's see what happens. Thank you all for joining us. Can Thank I just you. say, this is possibly the last Business Unmuted of 2021 uh, because uh, when it comes to mental health, my own mental health has been suffering a little because I haven't been able to see my daughter. She lives in America, I haven't seen her for two years. She's been ill and got married in that time and I've got the opportunity to go to America poss possibly next week uh, or possibly after Christmas. I'm deciding whether to risk flight restrictions and go after Christmas or change my flight for next week. If I change my flight successfully, there won't be a Business Unmuted next week. If I don't, I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us. See you soon.